0: ten, Mark chapter 10. I want to welcome again all of you that are visiting with us today. It is our joy to have you on family and friends day. You are very loved and very cared for. We have planned and prepared and prayed for this day for all of us. And it's our desire that you leave today uh, hearing the word of God and feeling the love of God. And uh, we respect you enough to give you room to respond uh, your way. But God is definitely going to be fishing for us today. Mark chapter 10 beginning with verse 23. If you're there, say amen. And Jesus looked round about and said unto his disciples, How hardly shall they that live for riches enter into the kingdom of God? And the disciples were astonished at his words. And Jesus answered again and said, Children, how hard is it for people that trust in riches to enter the kingdom of God? It's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. Now just pause there for just a moment. What he's saying is, the people that live for this world, it's all about obtaining wealth. And the allurement is wealth brings status, it brings possessions, it brings notoriety, it brings luxury, it brings ease. But then they get older and they spend all their wealth to try to buy back their health and then they die. So wealth is an illusion. He said, those that trust in money, it's so hard for them to enter the kingdom of heaven because they think this is the only world there is. And this is not it. This is the dress rehearsal for the world to come. And they were astonished out of measure and they said... Well, who can be saved if the, 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 the most successful in our community, uh, those that are most known, those that are most reputable, who then can be saved? And Jesus looked upon them and says, Listen, with men, it is impossible. So with people, men, priests, preachers, religious systems, it's impossible for you to be saved. But with God, anything is possible. Man can't help us, but God can. Luke 19, 10 says, For the Son of Man, Jesus, came to the world to seek and save. Seek and save those that are lost. He didn't just come to show us a better way. He didn't just come to teach us the Beatitudes. He did not come to just be Messiah. He came to seek, look for, find. Not that He didn't know where you were, but you didn't know where you were. He went to find you and find your hiding place and bring truth and quicken you and change you and forgive you and give you new purpose, the same person but not the same purpose. That's his goal, seek and save those that are lost. And before you're seated, may I ask you to pray for me as I pray for myself this morning. Father, I feel this way every Sunday but especially on days like today. I have to do it right, Lord. I have to do it anointed. I have to do it with clarity. I have to bring about truth, Lord, the best that I can so that that one person that's in the balance might hear. I know the God of this world has blinded all the eyes of them that believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel should shine unto them. So shine on this morning, Jesus. Through me, your vessel, Lord, let these words come to life in our heart, let the seeds germinate immediately, let there be truth that overcomes error, let the light overcome darkness, let it flood into our soul, and let this be the day of salvation. I pray, Lord, as simply as I know how, in the name of your Son and my Savior, the strong Son of God, Jesus Christ, the Lord. You may be seated this morning in the presence of the Lord. Many of us grew up hearing the word saved. Not so much salvation, but saved. Someone would say, I'm saved. And that could mean a variety of things. It generally meant they went to church. But salvation, and when Jesus saves someone, it has little to do with you. And most everything to do with God. Can you imagine the drowning person gone down for the last time? They're in the undercurrent at Daytona. They went under in Daytona. They bobbed up in New Smyrna. The lifeguard goes out. And you know, the lifeguard waits until they're what? Anybody know? Just about dead. You don't help a drowning man. You wait till they're just about dead so they won't fight you and pull you under. And they go out, they used to paddle out with their little buoy, now they ride the jet ski out and power sling them towards them and they grab them and bring them in. Can you imagine that person talking about, four years ago I found the lifeguard. I've been saved four years. I turned it all over. I'm telling you, four years ago I, I just made the decision and the lifeguard's going, you lost your mind. You didn't save you. I saved you. As a matter of fact, I waited till you were dead in your trespasses and sins. So you couldn't help yourself. Salvation is a divine act of God. Where we who are dead in our trespasses and sins are quickened and brought back to life. Now that can be confusing when we don't go to church because we say... Well, I'm not dead. Well, he told Adam and Eve, Don't eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, for the day you eat thereof you shall die. So uh, Eve was deceived. She bit. She gave to Adam. He took. And they both knew they were naked and they were sinned. But they didn't die. But they did die. We are a spirit. And if you'll bear with me on this introduction, you just need to know this. You're You're not a body. You're a spirit. You, live in, you have a soul, and you live in a body. You are a spirit. You have a soul, and you live in your body. Your body is aware of the world. You go to get water at 2 a.m., and you split your toe on the coffee table. Your body is aware of the coffee table. Your soul don't know the coffee table. Your spirit don't know your coffee table. But that three-inch gap between your big toe... And that second toe knows the coffee table. Uh, Us men, the struggle is real, y'all. Your woman comes to bed in a hoodie and a zip-up and shoes, and you just got on boxers. You're sweating to death. Three fans going on. Your body knows it's hot. Your soul doesn't know it's hot. Your wife doesn't know it's hot. But you know it's hot. Any men want to confess, and have you ever opened the window in winter? while she's asleep oh yeah open oh, and just just go lay right by it. tilt your head up and just go to sleep your body is aware of this world your soul is aware of one another your soul is what connects you go I like them your soul is what says I don't like that one your soul is what makes you you know Aretha hit a note and you go yeah you your soul connects with feelings people sensations warmth cold Oh, don't you go out. You're the last one working in here. Cold, joy. Your soul connects with people. Your spirit connects with God. And when Adam sinned, he kept on living. But his spirit didn't. No connection with God. That's why the things of God don't arouse us. The the songs of God. The word of God. Uh, We can uh, mentally look at it and check it out. But there's... There's no real connection. And unless God resurrects us spiritually, there is no way for us to be saved. So what happens is we still can think about it intellectually, we can still hear the gospel message, but it has to be a divine act of God because with men, salvation is impossible. With people, it's impossible. So I just want to take a few moments this morning. Y'all are going to beat everybody to lunch today. You're going to beat the Baptists, the Methodists, the Episcopalians. Y'all are going to be done eating and they're going to be coming in. So we're going, to, we're going to preach the gospel and eat early. Can somebody say amen? All right. I'm going to throw it just as far as I can throw it. All right. Now, there's two points I want to share with you. I want to talk to, about, talk to you about who can't be saved. And who can be saved? Brother John, you just said whosoever. Well, yes, but whosoever that comes a certain way. So I want want to talk to you about who can't be saved. Now watch. You can't be saved without understanding your lostness. You, You can't be saved without coming to the end of yourself. When you understand the scripture says that you are without help and without hope. The Christian message is not one of you changing. It's about you resurrecting. It's not a modification of behavior. It's a, it's a, it's a giving of new life. I'll show you the difference. While you're living, uh, grief, you can modify your behavior. Grief can say, you know what? I've been sweet, but this year I'm going to be sweeter. Amen? I'm, I'm going to do better. Bingo again. Y'all playing bingo Again. Again. It ain't gambling if you win, baby. Uh, it ain't gambling if you win. They're playing for butterscotch, y'all. Chill. It's a, no big... So if grief modifies his behavior, if he gets up early, goes to bed early, if he uh, goes to visit people in the nursing home, that's a modification of behavior. That's one thing. At the funeral, if grief sits up in the open casket, that's totally different. We're on a different chapter. Pastor John is unhooked, the mic falls to the ground, and all you see is the drape. And they say, What was that? I don't know, but it was something. <laughs> Please don't. Please don't. Y'all, I'm not doing nothing, I promise. Okay, Lord, help this thing in my back pocket. So that's the difference between modification of behavior and a changed life, a resurrected life. You can't be saved if you have decided to go to church and I've decided to change and I'm going to not do the things I used to do and I'm going to do some new things that I haven't done. What you are is you're just a better version of a lost person. There's there's no human dynamic. You must be born again, the Bible says. Born again. You were born by your mom and your dad did not carry you. We had a baby. No, she had a baby. Nine months, but the seed of the man, the egg of the woman, you were born a first. Now, what part did you play in that first birth? Okay, so you weren't. Your daddy winked at your mama. She said, Please. Uh, That was a joke, by the way. You were conceived and you were born. And in your second birth, you really don't play a part that God doesn't allow you to play. There's no, you are born again of the Spirit. Now, he gets, see, the Spirit man, when you're first born, it's just the physical. So you can't be born until you're born. But on the second birth, the physical's already here. So the physical can go along with it. I can kneel. I can pray, I can humble myself, but it's only during and after. I can't create the salvation. You can't be saved anytime you decide to. Y'all, I'm just going to be kind of stoic and be still and see if I can stop this thing from acting up. You can't be saved anytime you want to. Well, I'm just going to... Uh, You know, later on when I get a little older, you, you don't get to pick. The Bible says no one can come to Christ unless the Father draw him. You can come to church when you want to. You can pray a prayer when you want to. You can join a church. You can be religious. You can do good deeds. But you cannot come to God unless God draws you. And the church is filled with modified behavior people who are not saved. They are not saved. Who are you to say they're not saved? I'm the guy telling you they're not saved. You must be born again. You must know when it happened. And you were changed from the inside out. And it doesn't mean you're perfect. It means that your tree used to bend this way and now you're bent this way. And I may still can do wrong. But I can't enjoy it because I'm not the same person I used to be. Divine life has happened. You can't be saved through works. You can't be saved by ignoring or minimizing or trying to cover your sins. Listen to this. You cannot be saved through religious ritual and exercise. Well, we're going to go to church. Doesn't help you. I shook the preacher's hand. Doesn't help you. Might as well shake a donkey's tail. Doesn't help you. I was baptized as a child. Doesn't help you. I I burn candles, and I rub beads, and I talk to a priest, and I observe the Sabbath. It doesn't help you. You can't get to God through effort. You're dead in your trespasses and sin. That part of you, see, that's your flesh trying to connect with God. Kind of like your soul would try to connect to cold weather. It can't do it. And we build houses and fill them full of people and tell them, just do these things and you're saved. Only the helpless get saved. Only the hopeless get saved. Only those that have said that they're in agreement with God's word and there's nothing they can do. I know my spirit is dead, but with my intellect, I agree with you and I am at your mercy. Therefore, I'm calling upon your name. You can't be saved progressively. Well, I'll ask people, Are you saved? Well, I'm trying. You can't kind of be saved any more than you can kind of be pregnant or kind of shoot a shotgun. I'm kind of shooting it. Okay, I'm going to take a pause here. Y'all Y'all are staring at me. Hold on. Any of y'all ever been in a, uh, the birthing room? You know, when we were coming up, the men weren't allowed to be back there, but now the men can come, and they wear the footies and the hats, and they camcorders and cameras, and that's a whole nother sermon. Uh, and, and, and my favorite thing, and I say this often, but it's hilarious to me because I've been in there when it happens. So this woman is bearing pain that goes off the Richter scale. There's, there's not a machine that can chart it. But they have a little thing that lets you know when contractions are coming. And Speedboat's over there with his little slip-on loafers and the hat on, and his wife has done grabbed a piece of sheet, and she's pulled it up. You know how a woman's face will contort like into. And her voice will change into a man's voice, you know. Anyway. Get ice. I'm getting some ice. So he's watching the machine and he's telling her, here comes another one. She's like, you think? The machine said there's a little blip over here, you see? So men, men don't understand that, you know, this, the, the, the birthing process is progressive, but the birth is not progressive. The birth happens when the child is born. And some of you are being saved, but your salvation is not progressive. But he's been moving you closer. He's been moving people out. He's been adding people to. He's been causing disappointment so you wouldn't be comfortable in this world. And he's pushing you through the birth canal of this world and you're crowning, you're you're coming. But it's not a progressive ritual of you trying to do something. It's an evolution of God's will in your life. You're not progressively saved, you're just saved. And everything goes from that moment. I am 55 years old from August 20th. I believe it was 1 or 2 in the morning. Mama would know. How early was it? About 1 in the morning, that's when I was born. Well, I have a feeling that I was born in June, and I would like to identify as someone that was born. That was a joke as well. In May, said, no, you were born when you were born. You can't be saved without repentance. Well, what do you mean, John? Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved. Yes, Repentance does not grant salvation, it evidences it. It evidences it. The saved person sees themselves. The saved person humbles themselves. The saved person uh, grieves over what they've done and where they've been and who they've become. That lets me know that I'm saved because I didn't grieve before over my sins. I grieved over the cost of my sins which affected my body and my mind. But now I'm grieving over who I am because God didn't design me to be like that. Repentance, the turning away from what I was and turning towards what God has for me to be. You can't be saved without surrendering to lordship. I was raised in a generation where they separated the two. They said salvation, and then there's lordship. Nope. It's not either or, it's one. When a person is saved, they recognize who they are. I am lost and undone and without hope and help if God doesn't save me. And then I recognize who God is He's Lord. <laughs> He's not the unseen guest at the dinner table. He's not the co-pilot. He's the pilot, the owner, the everything. He's Lord, not just of my past, but of my tomorrow. You can't be saved without the deposit and the witness of the Holy Spirit. If you have to ask somebody if you're saved, you're not. I'm sorry, but you're not. When I bowed my knees... Physically, to the birthing process that God was bringing me back to himself. August, uh, July 6, 1986. When I got up from praying, I knew. There wasn't a plan to get better. There wasn't a, oh, I've got to go do these things. And those things did happen because Lordship, he leads us out of our sins. The Bible says, Jesus will save us from our sins he doesn't coddle us in them he leads us out but just the birthing experience i knew that i was born again just like your body knows when the air conditioner cuts on how many air is working good at home how many of you move your furniture closer to it closer to a vent closer to a window unit does anybody have to tell you when it kicks on no and men don't care We'll come out just with a little towel and just sit right in front of everything. Fans blowing from every direction. How do you know when it cuts on? What do you mean? My body knows. I feel the change. And my spirit man, when I was saved, he put within me the deposit of the Holy Spirit and the witness that I was indeed a child of God. I may have a long way to go, but there aren't levels of being a son. See, the road, of, the road of sonship, the road of sonship is about being honorable or dishonorable. How I live brings honor to God or dishonor. But sonship has nothing to do with effort. It has to do with genealogy. And the Bible says to us who are believers, Beloved, now you are the sons of God. Now. Now. Not working towards. Be careful of the religions that let you work towards salvation. Ride this ten-speed. Go go Saturday and witness to people. You got to go to church every Sunday. You have to give in the offering. You have to. I'm not working towards salvation. I'm working from salvation. It's done. It's done. All these efforts are to bring honor. I can't be any more a son of Roger and Sandra Wood. It doesn't matter what I do, live good or bad, I am. And there are countless people that go to church and they can finish these Bible verses and they are not saved because their witness is somebody else telling them, I was there when you prayed and not the voice of the Holy Spirit saying you are a child of God Almighty. The Spirit bears witness with our heart that we're children of God. And you can't be saved if your name is not written in the Lamb's book of life. Revelation tells us about that. There's a book in heaven. It's Christ's book. It's his own book where your name is written when you receive his life. It makes sense. The Lamb's book of life records the people that have received the life of God. Not successful, not necessarily the best, those that received life. And our problem is we're trying to be something through imitation instead of through it being DNA who we are. If I were to ask you, I'd never do this because it would be very difficult for you mentally to try to do this. If I said, okay, I want you to be a wood. (sighs) With all your neurosis, yes, all of them. I want you to be a wood. So you have to study me. You have to watch me. Now watch. You have to intentionally... Trying to speak like me, act like me, and y'all are getting depressed as we go through this. You you'd say, That will be so hard, I know, but spend the rest of your life, and I'll judge at the end if you're a wood. Do you know what'll happen? No matter how much energy you put towards it, the moment you forget about it, you'll go back to being you. And many people are trying to be Christians. While the inner person is still not a Christian. But if I'm born again. When I was born of Roger and Sandra Wood. I was a Wood through and through. Faults and flaws. But I was a Wood. And DNA will prove that I came from them. Now. Jesus said. And you, you can chew on this. It's, this blows my mind. He says you are bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. So. Is there such a thing as spiritual DNA? The Bible says that the foundation of the Lord standeth sure that God knows who are His. He said, that is my boy. And I can prove it. The Spirit, the Holy Spirit, me. The the wind of God is in Him. And if there was a way to take a barometer, you two who are born again. Those of you. But these people can't be saved unless they know their lostness. They can't be saved when they want to. They can't be saved through works. They can't be saved by ignoring their sins. They can't be saved by religious exercise or rituals. You can't be saved progressively. You can't be saved without being born again, without repentance, without lordship, without the deposit of the Holy Spirit. And if your name's not written in the Lamb's Book of Life, you cannot and you are not saved. I am saved. No, you're not. You're deceived. And it doesn't pride me to say it, but I would rather a doctor come in and tell me what the deal is than to say, whatever truth means to you, just think it. Whatever truth is about cancer to you, you just think it and we'll go with that. Number two, but you can be saved. You can be saved. If you agree with God's word concerning your lostness, you can be saved if when the Father draws you, your mind and your body, your mind recognizes that God is stirring something in you that's not usually stirred before. Ben, if you would come, please. You know that this is not just a guilt. Somebody telling you you shouldn't live like that. I had people tell me that all the time. I was a drunkard. Uh, Four or five nights a week for seven years, I lived a horribly sex-saturated, perverted, uh, addicted, self-centered life. And you know, people would tell me, they would say, uh, Y'all not be like that. And of course you'd get mad and you'd cuss them, but you know the other, the inner part of you would say, you think, you think I haven't tried to change myself? You weren't there when I sat in my college room and I took out a pad and paper and wrote, the things that will be different in my life next year, and I wrote them out with no power to change them. I went to church a couple of times I tried not to drink as much I tried to be selective in my lust I tried to modify but I could not save myself and going to church didn't make me a Christian any more than going to McDonald's made me a Big Mac didn't happen but the Father drew me one day And you can be saved when the Father draws you. July 6, 1986, I woke up. I'd been out the night before till 4 in the morning. I said, I'm going to church today. That was not a common thought, Jason. I didn't wake up going, today. So I didn't have church clothes. Back then, everybody had church clothes. I'm the only guy in there without church clothes. I walked in looking like I'd been out since 4 in the morning. But he was drawing me. My mind, which is not connected to God, my spirit man's being resurrected. My mind says, if I go to church, my mother will fix me anything in the world I want for lunch. And today I'm eating fried chicken and macaroni and cheese. That's how much spirit I had going on. But I wasn't aware that while my mind was thinking lunch, God was thinking life. And he was drawing me, even though I didn't know it. I go into that church, I sit down, this man opens the Bible and reads a verse, and he says, there was a man sent from God whose name was John. I'm thinking, oh, come on now, who set me up? My mom's got on the phone. I'm thinking, this, this can't be. Star Trek tractor beam. He's pulling me towards him. He didn't ask me, did I want to come? Because dead people don't have wills. He said, I'm drawing you. Watch. What does your mind think about that? My only participation was I. That's all I could do. I could have stomped my feet and said no and rejected the plan of salvation. I couldn't save myself, but I could damn myself. I could do that to myself. You can be saved. When you believe, which means a firm, reliant, exclusive trust in the Lord. Let me go to this one here, if you don't mind. Sorry, y'all. A firm, reliant, exclusive trust in the Lord saving you. The believing, that's the divine part. You can't believe unless God quickens that part. But the confess part, you can do with with your mouth and go, I believe God has done this in my heart and I believe you can be saved regardless of your past no sweeter words have ever been said to people like me there are things that I've done that I have not told a living soul a living soul And I am forgiven. I am forgiven. Washed. Cleansed. You can be saved. No matter where you've been. What you've done. How you've stopped and tried and started. Whosoever. And if He's drawing you. Who can lay a charge to God's elect? It's God that calleth. It's God that justifies. How can someone stop something that they can't even see regardless of where you've been regardless of your present your cold heart the deadness in your soul the bondage, the lack the insufficiency, the outlook regardless of of the greatness of your sins you can be saved because God loves you God don't love me yes He does See, you're processing it based on your intellect, and we love people. It's a mixture, some of who we are and some of who they are. That's why we like some people, we love some people, we really love some people, and other people won't like it all. But God so loved the world, everyone in it, that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever would believe that God would quicken that part in them and they say, I believe with their mouth they could be saved. You can be saved because God has already redeemed you. You just have to cash it in. He's paid for your sins. You just have to say, yes, Lord. You're not repeating a prayer after someone that doesn't do it. You're not asking Jesus into your heart. That doesn't do it. You're agreeing with his assessment of you and his drawing of you. And you say, yes, Lord, that's it. You can be saved because God promises acceptance to those that he's calling out. One of my favorite verses in the Bible is, The one that comes to me, I will never turn them away. Well, Brother John, you just said people couldn't come to him unless God drew them. That's the only people that can come to him. The others may be walking in their body, but their spirit's dead. But the one that he's calling is this today. When that person moves towards God, he said, I swear I'll accept you. I swear it. And finally, you can be saved. If you accept his offer of grace as it is, nothing added, nothing taken away. The type was a lamb. The type was a lamb. It had to be a perfect lamb uh, without spot and without blemish, no flaws. In the Old Testament, the lamb had to be looked at behind the ears, on its stomach, around its privates, near near the feet, the nose, the eyes. Perfect because it was foreshadowing Jesus Christ that was the perfect sinless lamb. He was without sin, and he gave himself to be sacrificed for us. And when you say, "Well, I believe in what Jesus did, but now I have to go do," no, stop. You just tarnished the lamb. Well, I have to join the Catholic Church. I have to join a Protestant. You just stained the lamb. Well, I've got to go backwards and make amends. You just stained the lamb. It has to be the lamb and nothing else and you can be saved today today if the Lord's drawing you would you bow your heads with me this morning Ben just use softly that chorus as Ben sings this chorus we won't tarry long if you're here with a family or friend First of all, guys, I give you my word. No one will embarrass you in this house at all. No one's going to draw attention to you. But if you're with your friend or family, just take them by the hand. and just That's you saying, I'll go with you today. If you know that there's a gap between you and God, or you've never been saved, or if you're here by yourself, That's you. Would you come? Just come kneel at this altar. Who'll be first today?
1: The Father's arms are open wide. Forgiveness was bought with
0: the precious blood of
1: Jesus Christ.
0: We'll wait just a moment more. Today is the day of salvation, the Bible says. Today, there's an appointed time, God said, and I've heard you and I've called you. There's a day coming and now is where the dead shall hear the voice of the Son of God and they that hear shall live. God bless you, young man. If you want to be born again, if you want to be saved and to settle your account, no one has to go with you. No one has to agree with you. This is your day. As Ben sings, I want you to come. Come to this altar.
1: Oh, come to the altar. The Father's arms are open wide. Forgiveness was bought with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. Oh, come to the altar father's arms are open wide forgiveness was bought with the precious blood
0: of Jesus Christ would you look this way church family last appeal but no pressure what if this is the last time he moves on your heart know in my heart today's the day on my notes there's one word with all caps because I felt the Lord quickening me when I typed it, said you can be saved today and so if you're in the balance today and you feel the Lord moving on your heart in the name of Jesus rise from the dead and Christ will give you light and life if that's you, as Ben sings this last verse, come on. Where are you? Come on.
1: Come on. Oh, what a savior. Where are you? Come on. He's in the wonderful. Sing hallelujah. Christ is risen. Bow down, be.
0: Are open this morning. How about a backslider that needs to come home? Said God, I'm thank, thank you, John, that you asked. Come on, where are you? One more time, Ben. And oh, come to the
1: where altar. The Father's arms are open wide. me God bless
0: you, man. Praise the Lord. Somebody. Praise the Lord. Christ Church family, would you stand with us? Kelly, would you come stand with this lady here? Jeff, will you come stand with this gentleman? May I tell you why we ask people to come stand at an altar? It's a physical response. It says, I want you to know there's an invisible change that happened. And I want you to know externally. Hey, darling, look at me. Your sins are forgiven. (laughs) Kristen, come here. Come here. We'll tell you later about it, but this lady right here, come stand with her. Me and her, we got a history that would make you take your shoes off. (laughs) And we're forgiven. And you're forgiven. Did you mean that today? You pray. Your slate's clean. Picture a computer with a reboot. And you say, it wasn't working before. Now nah, everything's working. Mouse, keyboard, screen, everything. Yeah, that's working. Do you pray today? Which one? Both? You? You believe? You know what the Bible says? It speaks of young people to bear the yoke in their youth. And the Lord is already, it's not just what's behind you. He's going to detour you around all the horrible things that things like Pastor John did. And you just bypass all those scars and those voids. Great grace is on you. And you can be a woman of God early in your teens. According to God's word, I declare to you. It doesn't happen. Amen. It doesn't happen because I said it. I'm saying it because it happened. Your sins are forgiven. your your sins are forgiven so Father we just lift our hands and our hearts to you and we thank you for every life represented today we thank you that you've made a way the way, the only way you're the way, truth and the life you made a way for us to come to you to get a brand new start forgiveness of our sins a recreated spirit a hope, a joy joy unspeakable and full of glory Now, Lord, I pray for those that came to this altar that they remember they're not working towards something. They're working from something. They're as saved as they'll ever be. And if we fail, if we confess our sins, you are faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Great is the name of the Lord and greatly to be praised. Saints, give the Lord a hand, would you? Have a wonderful Lord's Day. Go in the presence and peace and power of the Lord this week. God bless you.